Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope you are really blessed by hearing it. Uh, right, well, good evening. As, uh, as Ron said, my name is Charlie. I'm a, a local primary school teacher. I teach in a school in uh, Staines. Um, I, I know there's a lot of faces here I don't, I don't recognize, which is great. So that's, that's really cool. So hopefully I'll get to know you um, maybe towards the end of the service. That'd be really cool. I just want to start with a quote from a favorite uh, pastor of mine. Uh, this guy called Tim Keller. He's an American pastor from a church in New York. And he wrote a book of uh, daily devotions in Proverbs uh, called The Way of Wisdom. And I highly recommend picking it up. It's, it's fantastic. But he says, Proverbs is not a set of simple steps to a happy life for quick consumption. A proverb is a poetic art form that instills wisdom in you as you wrestle with it. Now, I certainly believe this is true when we speak about the Proverbs. They're challenging, they're beautiful, and they speak straight to the heart. They convict and challenge us in ways we may not expect and encourage us to change our lives, to be the children of God that we were created to be. Now, Proverbs is more than just a book. It really is one chapter in a much larger book, one that presents a single unified story, the story of how mankind was created by God to be in relationship with him. But we messed that up with our sin and our rebellion and our disobedience. And because of this, we should have faced God's judgment and wrath as a result. But because of God's good grace, he sent his wonderful blessed son down to earth to die for us. He did this so that we would not have to pay the penalty we deserve for the things we've done wrong. I mean, we can see if we simply look at the world around us, how mankind is desperately crying out for salvation. And this salvation can only be found in Jesus Christ. Now for me personally, as I complete this year-long read through the Bible, I'm constantly trying to read the Bible, read the Scriptures, particularly those in the Old Testament, with Jesus in mind. I'm asking, for myself, I'm asking myself, how can I see Jesus in this? And I'm doing this because, believe it or not, and I know you might not believe it based on some of the Old Testament we've read, Jesus is there in all of Scripture, even in those really tricky passages. He, he is there. So the part of the Old Testament we're looking at today, Proverbs. Now the Proverbs can be a bit of a puzzle sometimes. They can seem to say one thing somewhere and something different elsewhere. But this may be because we're reading the Proverbs as single passages. 
when we need to see them cumulatively overall in relation to the rest of the book of Proverbs. It's like if you saw just the corner of a masterpiece like the Mona Lisa. It probably wouldn't seem like that much. It would seem like a bit of brown splodge. But you must zoom out so you can see the whole picture. Now, Tim Keller, again, I won't quote him too much, um, says, only all together do the Proverbs bring us a wise, nuanced, theologically rich, many-faceted view of the world. And as it said in the video, Proverbs reveals many things to us that are vital for us as children of God. Wisdom, God himself, the heart, others around us, our world today, marriage, sex, parenting, money, work, power, justice, and ultimately, Jesus, who is the true wisdom of God. So let's dive in and see what the Proverbs revealed to us about four aspects of Jesus that I want to look at. Jesus, the good worker. Jesus, the faithful son. Jesus, the true friend. And Jesus, the wisdom of God incarnate. So first, let's start with Jesus, the good worker. Now, many of the Proverbs praise hard work and persistence and mock laziness. You can look at the wise and faithful worker and see Jesus in him. For example, if you have a Bible, maybe it's on your phone or, or you have a paper Bible with you, um, if you go ahead and turn to uh, Proverbs 24, uh, and I'll have a look at verses 30 to 34, I'll, just give you, I'll give you a second to do that. If you're not sure where Proverbs is, the sort of middle of the Bible, might just go a little bit further because you might be in Psalms, but pretty much in the middle. And then just go past Psalms. So in Pro- Proverbs 24. It says, I walked by the field of a lazy person, the vineyard of one with no common sense. I saw that it was overgrown with nettles. It was covered with weeds and its walls were broken down. Then, as I looked and thought about it, I learned this lesson. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. And we can see here that a fool doesn't know when it's time to work and assumes that it's okay to slack off for a bit, sleep a little more, just be a little more restful. However, Jesus was never slack in his work. He always wanted to ensure that he was doing everything he could to bring God to people and encourage them to know him. He did this through healing, speaking, and praying with people 
as we can see in, in John 9. You want to turn to John 9 with me? Just start with John. So John, the, uh, the gospel, the gospel of John, beginning of the New Testament, and we're in chapter 9. I'm looking at verses 1 to 5. And it says, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sin or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. All things we should be doing as often as we can. Speaking to people, praying for healing, just praying with them. Now the sluggard, a word commonly used in the Proverbs for the sort of lazy person, the sluggard loves to sleep and eat. In fact, these are his main activities. As we can see in uh, Proverbs 26, where it says, a door swings back and forth on its hinges, so the lazy person turns over in his bed. Lazy people take food in their hand, but don't even lift it up to their mouth. So he can't even be bothered. He puts his hand to get his food, but he's so lazy he can't even be bothered to lift it to his mouth. And Proverbs 20, verse 13, which says, If you love sleep, you will end in poverty. Keep your eyes open, and there will be plenty to eat. But Jesus worked hard, toiling through the night as he prayed, as he taught his disciples, and as he suffered for his people. There are so many instances in the Bible of Jesus doing just these things. Just read the first four books of the New Testament, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Above all, Jesus fulfills the promise that the wise, hard-working man will see results for his labor. Jesus completed his work when he sacrificed himself upon the cross for us. Which we can see in John verse, uh, chapter 19, verse 20. Which says, when Jesus had tasted it, he'd just been given some uh, sort of sour wine. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. When Jesus finished the work God had given him, he saw the result of his work and he was satisfied. So let's look at Jesus, the faithful son. Jesus is the ideal son. Detailed in Proverbs 4. 
which is worth having another read of if, if you get the chance. I think we read that a little while ago. But you know, please, have another read of it. Now, Jesus always listens to his Father's instruction. He performs the work his Father gives, especially and even the work of giving his life for his people. Jesus is so ideal as the Son of God that he should drive us to want to become just like him as children of God. Here's the ultimate example of the fifth of the Ten Commandments, to honor your mother and father, which we've been looking at in the morning services, and you know, maybe go and have a listen to those. But Jesus is the ultimate model of what we should want to be as we follow God. So Jesus as the true friend. Our proverb speaks a lot about friendship and encourages faithfulness and loyalty, particularly when our friends are in need. And according to Scripture, friendship originates in the character of God. We see in Genesis how God was a friend of Abraham, and in Exodus how he was a friend of Moses, which you hopefully read about all the way back in October. But he proved this by helping them in their time of need, when they needed him the most, and by revealing himself to them. In John 15, 13 to 15, it says, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends, since I have told you everything my father told me. And we can see through this how Jesus reveals himself as the ultimate definition of friendship. And a level that we can hope and should be striving to achieve and attain. And the final aspect I'm just going to talk about tonight that we can see of Jesus through the Proverbs is Jesus the wisdom of God incarnate, the wisdom of God in the flesh. As a child in the temple, we see how Jesus was filled with wisdom. And he was just a child. He was teaching the teachers in the temple. It's incredible, really incredible to read. And later in life, people fought to see him, to hear him, just to be with him. Now Solomon, whom we read about in Kings 1, of 1 Kings, and was the author of, of most of the Proverbs, and was Israel's wisest king. He was nothing on the wisdom scale when compared to Jesus. Jesus said of himself, one greater than Solomon is here. 
And Paul, in his letters in Corinthians and Colossians, agreed. He said, Jesus is the power and the wisdom of God. In him is all wisdom. So as we can see, and this is something I believe we can see throughout Scripture, Jesus is present throughout Proverbs. It may be that we must look a bit harder and a bit deeper to see him, but he is there. And we should, in my opinion, be actively looking for him. But I wonder which, which aspect of Jesus is it that you're struggling with the most at the moment? Are you struggling to be a good worker? Do you find it easier to lay down and just rest for a little bit longer? Close your eyes and just let the world go by. Are you struggling to be a true friend at the moment? Maybe you've pushed people away. Maybe you've said something hurtful that you just really regret. Are you struggling to be a faithful son or a faithful daughter? Maybe that's something you're finding really hard. Maybe dealing with your parents is really difficult. Are you finding it hard to be wise? Which can manifest itself in so many different ways. Why don't we just take one, two minutes just to reflect on that and I'll pray for us. For more information, please go to www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk.